Hello and welcome to another Metrospective. Pete McCarthy hanging out with Tim Britton. And I feel like this is going to be a back and forth all year long, Tim. But I would say at this particular moment, my thought is kind of, what the heck are we doing? (laughs) Baseball season in 27 different markets in the midst of a global pandemic. As you see, look, New York is doing fine. And and I feel comfortable, right? We, We went out and got haircuts this week and... Uh, went to the park today and, and going out and about. And then you have other places in the country that are seemingly where New York was back in March and April. So, man, I, I mean, I, I know I'm just going to go back and forth with this all year. But right now it kind of feels like this is just a terrible idea. I mean, where are you at, at the moment after having listened to uh, Luis Rojas, the Mets manager, earlier? Well, the first thing is I'm really happy that since my haircut, my fitted hats fit again. Uh, because I had had I had so much hair that like the the, the hat was not getting down the way it should. Can't even cover um, it. I know. Like, uh, what do I even have hats for if not for this exact situation? Uh, I needed to I needed to rely on the flex fits. Uh, so I, I'm with you. I mean, it 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 speaks to how difficult this dynamic has been from the start in a country as large as the United States, uh, and where the response. Uh, and the responsibilities of different geographic regions have been so diverse over the course of the last several months that, you know, I thought it was interesting. One of the things Brody Van Wagenen said in the last week was that being in the Northeast, being in the New York market uh, and being in, you know, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, the tri-state area has hammered home the importance of a lot of uh, social distancing, wearing a mask in a way that maybe it hasn't in other parts of the country. And he was hoping that, the front office of the Mets could express that to players who maybe hadn't been uh, in this area uh, that the entire quarantining time, guys who had been elsewhere out, outside the country. But Luis Rojas, in a 40-minute Zoom call on Thursday, said the word challenge probably 40 to 50 times. Uh, and there's, you know, you, it's like you're trying to ask him a baseball question. You know, how, how do you feel about using the DH or a five-man rotation versus other options? Uh, And all of that feels so superfluous to like, how are you going to keep anyone healthy? You know, when we when we started talking about what a season might look like, you know, we remember when we're bringing up the Arizona plan or the the bubbles in Arizona, Texas and Florida. I think the thought was you were going to try to get through a season where no one got no one tested positive for COVID. Like, you know. You didn't know what would happen when one player did. And now the assumption is like you're going to have to get through a season where several of your players do at some point during the course of the season. Uh, and what can you do to avoid a larger outbreak, whether in your clubhouse, in, in your team or in the league as a whole? Uh, and that's just that's difficult to grapple with. You know, I read a, a story on The Athletic from, from Dan Hayes, who covers the Twins for us. Uh, and it had a quote from Trevor May, the, the reliever, where he's like, you know, we're, we're optimistic. We're happy to be back. We're also just waiting for bad news. Uh, and that that really crystallized it for me. That That is the feeling that I've had for a little bit uh, about baseball in particular. You know, the, the bad news has come in a lot of other ways over the last several weeks and months. Uh, but from a baseball perspective, I think everyone is just kind of waiting for bad news over the next mm-hmm. couple weeks before this even gets underway. It's a strange decision for the players who do decide to play, and it would seem that would be the vast majority, which you understand, and the players that have backed out, Ryan Zimmerman, uh, Mike Leake being two of them, 
right? These are guys that have 10 years service time. I don't, I don't know if Joe Ross is 10 years, but that's usually a, a really key number for guys. They've made their money, and if they want to uh, be at home, you certainly understand that. In Ryan Zimmerman's case, he's talked about it to the Associated Press that he has a mother with MS, and so uh, you know he wouldn't have been able to be around her for a very long period of time until well after the season. And, and for some of these players, you know, those are decisions that they're going to uh, to have to make. But yeah, it's just even how the league is going to handle the coronavirus positives, fans aren't necessarily going to find out who is tested positive and okay, respect people's health privacy. But instead, you're going to have players essentially just disappear for three weeks at a time. And they're on what a I guess it wouldn't even be a special COVID list now. It would just be the straight-up injured list, and you, you wouldn't know exactly what happened. Yeah, well, you know, the, the reason the COVID-related injured list exists uh, is to help you with your roster management. You know, you can put someone on that list, let's say, you know, maybe it's t- take anyone on the Mets, Michael Conforto or something. You put him on that list because he's been exposed to someone else. He might not have any symptoms. He might not have tested positive, but you're concerned enough. You don't want him in your lineup or at your, in your clubhouse for a day or two until he tests negative. Uh, so he doesn't have to be on that list for weeks on it. You know, it's not like a 10-day IL stint where you, he's got to be set aside for a certain amount of time. It might just be a couple days. It might be a long period of time if he tests positive. Uh, and then you can replace him on the roster for the couple days you hold him out, or you can replace him in the 60-man player pool Uh, if it's going to be a longer absence. So because those roster regulations are specific to that injured list, you can kind of figure out and deduce who's going, who's on that injured list and who's not, you know, if, if the Mets say on a a certain day, Michael Conforto is not in the lineup, you say, how is he, you know, is there anything up with him? He's not on the bench, but he's not on the 10 day injured list. You kind of know where he's at, at least the speculation, which is sometimes just as bad, if not worse (laughs) than the transparency of saying, hey, this person tested positive or it's being quarantined at the moment. I saw the the Blue Jays, I think, put four guys on the injured on, you know, just said four guys are on the injured list with, uh, you know, they did not specify why. And then they added four guys to their player pool, which put them at 62, which is too many by two. And so, you know, that at least two of those four guys (laughs) are on the COVID list because that's the only reason you can, the only way you can make that roster move work. Um, and, you know, you know it's, that's going to be the type of, like, as a journalist, you don't want to irresponsibly say this guy is, this guy is on the COVID list when you don't know, but there will be a lot of things that point to, uh, you know, with, with flashing lights that that is what's happening. And it's not just journalists, right? People analyze these things on social media all the time. And so it, it will be out there with, even if it's not a journalist, maybe an influential fan uh, who is up on what seems to be happening and reading between these lines. I mean, I, I just imagine calling the game, doing play-by-play, and, and how do you tell the story of what's going on with a team if you can't explain why a player is not, in the lineup for multiple days at a time it's you're i i again without speculating i you either report all the injuries or none of the injuries uh, and maybe we end up in a hockey situation where he's out with a body (laughs) you know like (laughs) right i don't know what you call it i know it's not like a funny thing but it's it's going to be a a strange situation right If, if someone's on the 
injured list with a hamstring. All right, you know it's a hamstring. If there's no explanation, then you kind of assume it is the virus or something along those lines. But I, I don't want to get all into the, the doomsday aspect of this because well, the Mets are going to be holding their first workout on Friday, which would seem to be a step in the right direction. The team has checked in in New York. Uh, you heard from Luis Rojas earlier on Thursday. What exactly are these next few weeks going to be like? I mean, I think Friday might be the biggest day of all, because it's not just the first day of training camp. It's it's when we should get a sense uh, of how players and, and staff did on the intake testing that they've been doing since uh, you know Wednesday for the players and earlier for some other people to make sure to see who's testing positive. And we've seen you know certainly in the NBA uh, a larger number of players uh, or a pretty decent percentage of players have tested positive uh, in the last couple in the last week or so. Uh, and you've gotten a sense of, of how it's going to be different for teams uh, without certain players, the Nets, <laughs> in, for instance, in the NBA. Um, so we'll, we'll get a sense of, you know, you shouldn't be surprised if there are multiple players in the Mets 60-man player pool who test positive or uh, who have to go into the COVID injured list. I don't know that we'll know those players or a number on it uh, on Friday, but th- I think that is... Uh, that that's definitely a possibility, if not a probability at this point. Then in terms of the actual workouts, uh, the Mets are going to try to stagger them to, to limit the, the number of players there at any given time. I think they're going to do basically three different sessions. Uh, and they've talked about doing simulated games really almost from the start. I don't know if, if we'll see it right away on Friday, uh, but trying to get kind of as much game-like action as possible. Uh, so that's, you know, having... Uh, real pitcher on the mound, real batter in the in the batter's box, real fielders behind them, uh, and and trying to go with it. Uh, I don't, you know, it'll be interesting to see how pitchers and individual pitchers work up to that. Uh, how long they go in a simulated game, because you know usually all of the pitchers are on kind of the same wavelength and the same schedule. Here, you know, the Van Wagenen talked about it last week that. Some guys have been throwing like 85 pitch bullpens every fifth day to be ready, you know, kind of going through the usual routine. Other guys haven't been doing that. Uh, so there might be a guy who's ready to go like five or six innings uh, tomorrow. Uh, and there might be <laughs> other guys who are going through it like a normal spring training where you build up, okay, two innings to three to four to five. Uh, and it, it'll just be interesting to see in so much as we can see from the press box. I'm not sure yet. Uh, how much we'll be able to discern from from where we as reporters will be situ- will be situated, uh, kind of where different players are uh, in in their their conditioning, their training, and where they they can get to by July 24th. Well, this season will be unprecedented, and in, in, at least in Major League Baseball, and preparing for it certainly will be as well for a variety of different challenges and reasons. Uh, Luis Rojas did point out. He's managed in the winter leagues, and that a 60-game sprint is, is not unfamiliar in that way. Are, are there some things that he feels that he can feed off of of that shorter season, and I suppose maybe even the, the preparation going into that? Yeah, you know, I, that, I'm glad you picked that because that was my question to him, uh, was kind of what experience did you have or have you had, and, and even going into to his father, Felipe Alou, as a manager that kind of preps you for this, and he pointed to uh, managing in winter ball and kind of the the quickness and brevity to that season. I'm actually not sure how many games exactly winter ball is, because it's like, what, six weeks? Uh, so it, it's kind of a, a similar 
uh, feel to it. And you, in, in the same vein, you've got guys coming in looking to get different things done, looking at, at different points in their conditioning, uh, but winning is still more of a focus there than it might be uh, in like a, a double-A minor league season, something like that. So I think that's an experience that helps him out. You know, he's, he's talked to, to his father about kind of the different strategies that are in play when you've got a shorter season like this, uh, whether that's, you know, but both, both Rojas and Van Wagenen mentioned uh, like using some of their, their late game relievers earlier in games. Uh, I don't know exactly what that might look like, whether it's, hey, we've got a big spot here in the fourth inning, bases loaded, two outs. We're going to bring in Seth Lugo or Edwin Diaz or Dellen Batances to get out of this jam, uh, and then we'll worry about the, the end of the game with someone else later uh, if, if that's kind of the attitude that, that takes over. Uh, but there are different ways to go about this strategically uh, because every game matters, what, 2.7% more? I, I've heard— 2.7 times more, you know? I'll tell you what, Tim. I've heard that. 40,000 times over the year, and there's not one manager with the gonads to throw their best reliever in in the fifth, sixth inning. You In the regular season, you never see it. Mickey Calloway talked about it. Everybody talks about it. Nobody actually does it. Please. Uh, the, the Giants did it in Game 7 of that World Series when they brought Bumgarner sure, in. That's well, about no, it. You get into right, the postseason, yeah. you start seeing these <laughs> things, right? How Andrew Miller was used uh, years ago by the Cleveland Indians. But in the regular season, and specifically with the Mets, we've heard it a million different ways. Look, I understand they don't really have a closer going into this year, but or at least someone that you trust in that ninth inning uh, if, if it's going to be Edwin Diaz. I, I, I just I, I roll my eyes at all of that because – Nobody's done it. I've heard it talked about forever. It's it's every manager's talking point in huh. the press conference before before a regular season game starts. So and yeah, I, I don't really know why that would be one of the strategic things you jump on here. You know, I, I was when Van Wagenen first brought it up. I thought he was referring to like we might use starters on their throw day out of the bullpen because you're not you know you've only got two months or something. And I thought. Well, that's an interesting idea. You see that in the postseason. You've seen that in the postseason a bit more the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Uh, but that was not what he was referring to. And I, I, I would be surprised if, if the Mets did something like that, at least throughout this season. Uh, but that's, an, you know, that's something that the short season makes you more able to do. Like You can always bring in your best reliever in the third or fourth inning uh, of a tight jam to get you out if the game is meaningful. I guess you think the game is more meaningful now because there's fewer of them. Uh, maybe that's why you do that uh, a little bit more aggressively than you otherwise would. And maybe we'll see a little bit of the strategy in spring training, but there just there aren't a whole lot of games against other opponents. A, a max of three, it would seem the Mets will probably play the Yankees, if not all three of those games, I would guess, uh, a, a significant portion of them. Uh, but playing this all out. Also, uh, Chili Davis, the Mets hitting coach, is going to be working remotely uh, for the first few weeks here. So, look, it's a lot of changes, a lot of challenges, a word that Luis Rojas used quite a bit uh, in his discussion with the media on Thursday, uh, going into a, a summer training that just has, has never been, going into a season uh, that has never been. Uh, but... That's that's what we'll be documenting for you over the course of these uh, these next few months. So we'll be back with you next week. What's happening with the Mets training and uh, stay safe, Tim. Adios, Pete.